I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in. It is Friday. I hope all of you are having a fabulous early start to the weekend as you hang out with us wherever you may be across this great country. I am Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton, and we have got a bevy of stories to dive into with you today. Uh, the WHO has declared that the COVID pandemic is officially over. Democrats across the United States wailing in tandem over COVID being officially tossed on the curb. Justin Trudeau is concerned that his 15-year-old son is being exposed to too much misogyny online. Uh, there's a <laughs> There's a penis in the lawn. Where Prince Charles, uh, I guess King Charles now, will celebrate his coronation. How do you respond to a gigantic penis that is in the lawn of your celebratory uh, festival? We will discuss. Have some fun with that. Media matters. Ongoing battle over Tucker Carlson's uh, videos. Who is responsible? Fox says it isn't them. Uh, is this a huge game of, uh, of, of, of who did it? We'll discuss. Moderna's CEO made over $400 million off of your taxpayer dollars for his worthless, for the most part, COVID shot. Um, and the continued fallout over a Marine, uh, who choked a, uh, a man who'd been arrested 40 times on the New York City subway. We'll give you the latest on that. But this story, is, I think, paramount right now. We have discussed the fact for years now on this program that Joe Biden isn't cognitively capable of being president of the United States. He just simply does not have the ability. Every single day, his dementia seems to ratchet up. He can barely walk up the stairs physically, mentally. This is a man who can't do the job. Politico had a story in the last week that said essentially the White House only will do events from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And he's being challenged. Last week we had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on this program, and many of you responded very fondly to that interview because RFK Jr. sounds like a sane person, unlike the mass insanity that has taken over the Democrat Party. And what they are trying to do is quite clear. If you thought they hid Biden in 2020 when they legitimately could cite COVID, and that's why he decided to run for president from his basement, they're going to try to do effectively the same thing in 2024. And even worse than that, they are not even going to allow Joe Biden to be on the stage with RFK Jr. or Marianne Williamson or anybody else, maybe Joe Manchin, who decides to challenge him. We've known this all along, though. I mean, yes. there's, there, there's no way that the system, as as I've been saying, they think that Joe Biden is their best shot. Everything else is completely irrelevant, meaning what is fair, what's 
right for the party or whatever. Power. That's all that matters. Joe Biden's the incumbent. They will uh, they will Hillary Clinton to Bernie Sanders the situation. They will super delegate this thing if they have to. So the DNC is protecting Biden. And we've already talked about this could lead into Joe Biden saying, oh, I'm not even going to debate Donald Trump. I don't I'm think, he, by the way, you want to put it in right? I don't think he will. I don't think I don't think it, uh, that he will debate Donald Trump in on the president. The stage. only way I think he debates Trump, and that's presuming that Trump is the 2024 nominee for Republicans, Buck, is if they're getting data that shows that independent voters view that as such a weakness that they think his poor performance on the debate stage would hurt them less than refusing to go at all. And I also think that they're unlikely to view uh, any possible way for Trump to get, um, you know, to, to, to win over voters is something they're will- willing to do because, and we've got Julie Kelly on later later in the program, uh, the seditious conspiracy uh, conviction now of a number of uh, the Proud Boys means, I, I think they're going to bring us, we'll ask Julie this, remember, she came on this show in August of last year, I think it was, right around the Mar-a-Lago documents raid yeah and she didn't specify what they would be but federal charges against donald trump that's what we asked about fed because we always, we've always known brag and the you know, local stuff and civil charges whatever that's always been in the background but a federal felony criminal charge against donald trump remember what she said 110 percent 110 percent absolutely certain so we're gonna have her on now because if you were to look on a timeline of where we were in august of 2022 in this conversation in this reality and where we are now that there has been a conviction of uh, a number of proud boys i believe one of them wasn't even in dc that day but we'll get that we'll get the um the specifics uh we'll get into it with julie coming up later on in the program but this sets the groundwork for if you have a conspiracy who is and it's an implied conspiracy yeah based on the court documents who is the head of the conspiracy, they're going to say it is Donald Trump, which brings me to I think that not only they're going to federally charge him, but their hope is that they will be able to lock up the former president of the United States. Well, we know now, based on how the thing in New York City, the the state charges, they've officially requested a trial in February and March of 2024. So we know Trump is not scheduled to be back in New York City in that courtroom until December 4th, I believe. But they want the trial, Buck, legitimately yes. in the middle of the primary season. And here's what I bet. I bet they schedule it for March because the Republican nomination could already be set by March. Because yes. remember, they don't want to knock him out of running. They want to fundamentally weaken him while also guaranteeing that he is the nominee. So if the schedule is, hey, we're going to have this New York City case in March, Trump could have already won the Republican nomination by March. They're really refining the Russia collusion strategy against Trump. It didn't matter that it was all a lie, that it was a fabrication, that the Hillary Clinton campaign paid for the origins of it, or that the Democrats worked with deep state elements in the government and the uh, Democrat-aligned media to push the whole lie. They realized what was the primary opposition to Donald Trump for certainly the first two and really more like the first three years that he was president in office it wasn't based on policy. It was the Russia collusion lie. And they had a special counsel that was looming in the background of that administration, grinding people down with the gears of bureaucracy. Same thing is going to apply here to your point about when they set the uh, when they set this process, uh, this criminal process in New York City with Alvin Bragg. And Trump's team is now just as of today that the news on this is they want the federal government to step in and take over the trial because they're claiming that the alleged conduct happened while Trump was president and therefore it's a federal issue. I don't think that's going to happen, but that is the uh, that is the claim that they are. That is the uh, the, the motion they've put forward before the court. Um, but all that they don't have to prove him guilty. Right. The point is, all they have to do is instead of Donald Trump being able to be on the campaign trail and say, look at Joe Biden, look what a clown is. Joe Biden's going to be able to say which one of us is in court. Which one of us is having to sit around for hours at a time in conference with lawyers? And you can say, oh, but we all know what this is. Do independent voters, do the exhausted swing voters of America know what's really going on? That's the game the Democrats are playing. And it's important to note again, 
I think they'll ultimately end up settling for a trial in March of 2024. If you look at the primary calendar, by March of 2024, we will know who the Republican nominee is. So they're going to put, they believe, Trump in as the nominee. And then starting in March, he's in on trial in New York. Then they'll stack, Buck, here's what they'll do. They'll stack Atlanta, right, the, the Fulton County case, the Georgia allegations. And then they'll also stack the federal allegations, which we believe will come. And so essentially they will have Donald Trump in a courtroom, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, all leading up to an election in November. And for everybody out there who is listening to us, is that going to make independent voters more likely to vote for him if Trump is in a courtroom Monday to Friday, hops on a plane and tries to fly to Wisconsin and have a rally or tries to fly to Pennsylvania or Georgia or wherever he is, uh, these toss up states, Buck, it is a, uh, it is unlike anything we have ever seen before what they are doing to Trump. And the reality is they believe, I'm just telling you what they believe. They believe that this will simultaneously guarantee Trump the nomination and weaken him to such an extent with independent voters that there's no way he can win. They're setting this up to be Joe Biden, four more years, the guy you know, the name you know, like Jeff Johnson, the name you know, and the guy who's being prosecuted in a bunch of different criminal courts right now. That's all it's going to be. That's the way they're looking to play this game. They're not going to. What is the record that Joe Biden's going to stand on? There's no record that he's going to talk about of any achievement of any kind. In fact, he's going to run away from a lot of issues. But they just break this down to the simple: Joe Biden is the president. The other guy is going in and out of criminal courts. That's it. That's their play. That's the whole play. And you see right now that no no one's and anyone's thinking, oh, judges are going to throw this out. Someone's going to stop this. No one's going to stop this. No one's stepping in to make... Remember, they, they brought this in New York City for a reason. The federal prosecutors all work for Merrick Garland and therefore Joe Biden. The fix is in with this whole thing. And people are asking, what can we do about that? I think that's a fascinating question. I don't really know what can be done about this yet. I think that obviously winning, got to find a way to win anyway. But uh, the process is the punishment. That's the issue. The challenge is just by Trump having to pay the lawyer, show up to court, talk about this stuff. And by the way, if he speaks to media that is in any way um, hostile toward Republicans, which is 95 percent of media, what do you think they're going to talk to him about? Are you worried about going to prison? Yeah. What's it like to be the first indicted former president? Do you think that it's really best for the country, sir, that you're running considering the multiple criminal indictments you're on? I mean, I can sit here and write the script in advance. Yeah. And I don't know how we get around this. Now, we were talking before about, you know, they weaponized part of the system against Trump. Now they're weaponizing a much broader swath of it against Trump. And, you know, I I don't know what the counterstrike really is. If Trump is the nominee, I think this is what we're heading into. I think this is where we're going. This is why it's brilliant in a devious and absolutely awful way. They believe, and I think they're correct, that Republicans will rally around Trump when they bring charges against him. We've already seen evidence this is true. And simultaneously, independents will run away from him. And so they guarantee who they get to go against Because Democrats, despite claiming that they're terrified about the fate of democracy, really are rigging the game so that they can maintain power. And they're going to run Joe Biden, who is the worst president in any of our lives, and his entire campaign is going to have nothing to do with what he's done as president. It's all going to be about Trump, just like 2020 was. He's about to, uh, very likely... Lose a civil trial in New York City. It depends on the jury. Maybe there's someone on that New York City jury who cares about the rule of law and facts. But remember, preponderance of evidence, everybody. So it's just a 51% standard. And a lot of, if, if you just get a jury that hates Trump, they're going to say, well, it's not a criminal charge. So yeah, let's side with the, uh, the woman here. She could, one, get a substantial judgment. She could get against, a billion dollar judgment, right? If the jury really runs out of control, we're talking about the Trump civil suit where he's being a charge charge accused yeah. of sexual assault. They may really yeah. throw the book at Trump but over the d- damages here. Right now, it looks like they're going to get an on the record judicial proceeding in a court where Trump is uh, based upon in a, in a civil court 
um, on a jury of his peers found guilty of a rape 30 years ago or something. That's what's, uh, do you see it happening a different way, Clay? I mean, honestly, I think this is why this is the game. This is the way they're thinking this through. And then it just turns into, well, Trump is a proven, Trump is a proven racist. That's, I mean, sorry, rapist. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what they're going to say. That's the way this plays out, which is why they're bringing this, this, uh, trial in the first place. So it's just all about smearing and using the system against him. Now, I know there are people who say that's why Trump is the only guy who can handle this and Trump will find a way to fight through. All right. It's just there's a lot that's coming. And I want everyone to understand that this is where this is likely heading, uh, particularly with the federal indictment against him. So we got to get ready. I mean, this is uh, this is about uh, getting prepared for what's coming down the line. I want you to be prepared for Mother's Day, my friends. The clock is ticking. What could be a better gift than something that you can cherish with your whole family, with mom, with everybody for years and years to come that brings you all together based on the greatest memories that you have, but things that you think you might not be able to share quite the same way. Legacy Box is a Tennessee-based company that will help you with all of this. They specialize in digitizing old media. So that's like old VHS tapes, old photographs that are fading, uh, Betamax, whatever you've got. If you have something that you can't watch anymore, if you have media that you just don't have even the VCR for, anything like that, Legacy Box will transfer it, and they'll put it for you on either a thumb drive or in the cloud. So weddings, birthdays, graduations, school plays, all that stuff, you can have it preserved and then shared. Think about it. If you've got a family member, if you've got a you know a kid or a grandchild who's got a school play from 20 years ago, you want to have some fun and watch it again, you'll be able to with Legacy Box. Legacy Box has the expertise and the gear to digitally transfer everything into digital files. Legacy Box has already done this for a million and a half families, including mine and Clay's. The process is super easy. They make it safe and convenient. Go online to LegacyBox.com slash buck to learn more. And right now you can take advantage of their 60% off special. That's LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K. To get 60% off their regular pricing, LegacyBox.com slash buck. Do it for mom. Get ahead of Mother's Day now. Truth after truth, you can handle the truth. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, 
believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Second hour of Clay and Buck starts right now, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. As you know, yesterday we told you about the uh, situation unfolding in New York City with Jordan Neely's death. And this has gotten national attention and headlines. And the political lines on this have been drawn right away. Uh, people like AOC and uh, Ayanna Presley from co- both members of Congress have called it a lynching, have said that this was a murder, have, have immediately taken the position that uh, Jordan Neely uh, was an, an innocent victim here, essentially. Uh, one difference between this, people are saying this is an effort to make it a George Floyd moment uh one difference is obviously this did not did not involve a police officer now some are pointing to the fact that there's no police officer as part of why someone maybe just had had felt threatened enough that they had to take action themselves but there is no law enforcement involvement so it is a it is a different circumstance in that respect but that doesn't mean they're not going to try just as they did with the trayvon martin situation if you recall trayvon martin was shot by George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman was not a law enforcement officer, not a former member of the military, just a guy in the neighborhood who was carrying a concealed weapon. Um, They tried to make that into a, and they did make it into a massive national story. So this could be a George Floyd moment, even though there's no law enforcement involvement. Um, We shall see how this plays out. A big question that still uh, is in the background of all this is whether there will be charges as we speak to you right now. I don't believe that anyone really knows. Uh, I don't think a decision has even been made internally by the district attorney in New York about whether there will be criminal charges brought against the man who has been named. Um, I should add there has been now that the Marine uh, has been identified as Daniel Penny, 24 years old. So Daniel Penny uh, could face involuntary manslaughter charges or something like that. Another complicating factor for the case legally and politically is that there are two other individuals who also felt the need to restrain Jordan Neely, uh, including a man who I, I believe on, on the video you can see is is black. Um, and so it isn't just Jordan Neely who was involved in this. And the precedent we've seen from the George Floyd incident is that even people who just recently, they sent that officer away. They added more years to his sentence. He didn't even touch George Floyd. So there's a lot that we don't know yet about where this is going with possible charges. Uh, I don't think, based on what we've seen, there should be any charges. Um, I think people are outraged about the constant menace of going on the New York City subway and other places in that city and being threatened and spat on and groped and punched and attacked. You know, Clay, uh, CNN did a story on Jordan Neely, and they talked about how his his mother, uh, I think, was killed by his stepfather, and uh, also that he used to be a uh, Michael Jackson impersonator on the subway, and they they gave a very, very sympathetic, as sympathetic as possible, profile of Jordan Neely. They did not mention once that he had been arrested 40 times, and they certainly did not mention that his last arrest was for punching a 67-year-old woman in the face with such viciousness and force that he shattered her nose and broke uh, her eye socket. 
Now, I, I just want to know how many elderly women are supposed to have their face shattered by this maniac before people decide that enough is enough. I mean, that's what you really are being asked to look at here. He was walking around the subway car saying, I'll go to prison forever, threatening people. When you look at someone's face and you scream, I'll go to prison forever, I'll do life in prison, you're suggesting imminent violence against them could uh, could ha- could occur, and you don't care as the perpetrator of that violence, whatever happens to you. That's what he was shouting at people. That has been confirmed. But I wanted to play this for you as well, uh, Clay. I'm sure you heard this this morning um, on some left wing. I mean, all these people that are, oh, I'm a socialist. I'm so left wing. You know, they, they all live in like mansions in Malibu and, you know, have like a 5,000 square foot house in, you know, Calabasas or whatever. Oh, I'm a socialist. They're such frauds. It's, the whole thing is so ridiculous. But on one of these left wing socialist shows called The Majority Report, the co host says, that the desire, I want you to hear all this, folks. That, but just remember, she finishes with the desire to be safe physically on public transport. That's a very bourgeois desire. Play two. I was hit at one point sitting on the subway by a man who was having a mental health episode. He sat next to me and he was elbowing and kind of flailing around and hit, hit me in the face and in my body. And I, I, it was jarring, right? The idea that I, I would want him to be hurt in any way. I just didn't want to be near him in that moment because mm-hmm. I understood. Something was going on here. Every one of us who's taken public transit has had this kind of situation. Something similar happens, seeing someone struggling. That doesn't mean that our fear in that instance. And I was a little scared because I my I, I was hit. It's, but like my fear is not the primary object of like what we should be focusing on right now. It's the fact that this person is in pain. And so like the politics of dehumanization privileges the bourgeois kind of concern of people's like immediate discomfort in this narrow, narrow instance, as opposed to larger humanity and life. It's really freaking twisted. <laughs> this is how we got to where we are. Yes. Right? People like this. Yeah. Complete. Morals. Because there is, I mean, if you are hit, I mean, she was assaulted by a crazy person on the subway and her response is, yes, I was frightened. Yes, I was fearful. But I don't believe there should be any consequences for the person who attacked me. Now, we don't know the full scope of what took place, right? There's relatively limited videos that are out there right now. Uh, they have named this Marine. If you look him up, he is a veteran who grew up on Long Island. Appears that he may also be the son of a New York City police officer. So this is a guy who likely grew up understanding the importance of protecting people who are not as fortunate as he is, right, as a Marine for, it appears, four years, and may well have grown up the son of a New York City police officer. His name is now out there. I'm sure that it is, unfortunately, going to be unsafe for him to a large extent, given all the pressure that is now building on Bragg and also on Eric Adams. The fact that they have not acted yet, Buck, I take as a positive sign Also a sign that probably, as you well know, there is more evidence that will actually demonstrate the danger that might have been involved here. And it does not appear there was any intent for for AOC to immediately label lynching is even a step beyond a murder. murder. it's, It's an attempt to murder based on race, right? Entirely. As in, this guy saw this black guy and decided that he didn't deserve to live because of his race. It's a very charged language that a sitting congresswoman should not use. And even AOC to label this guy as a murderer based off a short period of time. We don't know what exactly uh, happened here, but the fact that there haven't been charges brought yet, I would take as an encouraging sign somewhat. The longer we go without charges, the more I think there is likelihood for further evidence to come out, putting further context into this behavior here. And as you pointed out, at a minimum, this is not an intent. Right. There is no intent to commit a murder. Worst case scenario, it's a form of negligence that might rise to involuntary manslaughter that might be that kind of charge. Because here, this idea that it was premeditated or even was so rash of an act that it could have elevated to murder, I think is laughably absurd just based off what we've seen so far. Also, my understanding is, and we're still getting facts about this, that uh, the individuals here who were restraining Neely um said call police get paramedics you know they wanted them to meet par- they wanted paramedics to be there at the next stop 
So they were trying to get law right. enforcement and medical personnel there. Um, and, you know, they, there there was no uh, desire, I'm sure, on the, on the part of any of the individuals involved. Look, you have, you have to really take a step back. This is what I often say in law enforcement-involved situations. Uh, this guy, Penny, his whole life has changed now. Totally. His, his whole life has changed. He knows that he may be facing the machine in New York and he may go to prison. There was no part of him that was saying, I'm just going to kill this guy because I don't like him. Correct. There was no part of him that was saying, I may throw my life away. That could end up being, you know, we don't know what Bragg's going to bring here. There wasn't some malice of, I'm going to, he knows he's on video. He knows there's eyewitnesses. He knows there's a black guy who's also holding uh, Neely with him because he was obviously scared of this guy Neely too, right? When other people, people weren't putting Penny in a chokehold saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? They were helping him hold this guy because clearly he had scared everybody on this train. And clearly this guy is a threat to other people because anyone who would punch a 67-year-old woman in the face and do serious damage is one step away from throwing somebody in front of an oncoming train. I'm sorry. We all know it's true. We all know it's there. How many people listening to this would have hit an elderly person in the face for no reason, hard enough to send them to the hospital and almost make them go blind in one eye? How many people? Zero. But now when you listen to this, oh, it's about homelessness and the lack of services. Oh, he's a Michael Jackson impersonator. He's so unthreatening. 40 arrests. When you get to arrest number 10, can we all agree this person needs to be taken out of society for a while? Get all the help you want in the Riker Psychiatric Unit or at Ward's Island or wherever it is they're going to send him. Get all the help you need there. Fine. We can all agree. This person was a danger, was a danger to people in the subway. And and the fact that now you're even hearing from some of these leftists, oh, you know, what's the big deal? If someone hits you in the face, like that person's having a bad day. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm sure they would be fine with it if they were punched in the face. They wouldn't want the cops or they wouldn't someone to, to step in. But, you know, this is the mentality, unfortunately. The, the victimizer is the victim on the left. That's how they view it. That's how, how many murder, there's 11 murder victims, I believe, on the subway buck this year so far. How many murderers can you name? How many murder victims can you name? Which goes to what we were talking about yesterday, the immediate narrative and politicization of this story. I would just point out, again, lots of murders have occurred in the New York City subway. How many of you can name this year, 11 so far, according to the data I looked up, how many of you can name a person who's been murdered? How many of you can name a murderer? No one, right? I bet, I bet unless it was you or your family or you were involved... Almost no one, I would say, who is listening to us right now in 2023 can name someone who's been murdered. And and really, let's get down to this. What is the lesson that we're supposed to take from this based on the approach of this majority majority report imbeciles um, and AOC and Ayanna Presley and all, you know, CNN and the New York Times? What what is the lesson that there are just they're just white vigilantes roaming the streets, murdering black people for no reason? Is that is that? Because that is their belief. That is that that seems to be what they're always suggesting to us. It is a lie. It is a lie. And yet this just like the whole uh, BLM movement is built on the lie that cops are going around murdering unarmed black men for no reason on a regular basis, systematically and in large numbers across the country or in numbers that anybody, uh, you know, it's the whole thing, Clay. Everyone is just and this this really hits home, I think, is you know, for because I dealt with this. I've dealt with this. Other people have dealt with this in New York City. My family members have dealt with this. My parents have dealt with this. We all get sick of you have to live in fear when some maniac gets on the subway car, starts threatening to stab people, maybe does rough somebody up, and you know that the system won't lock him up because people like AOC think that the price of social justice is that your grandma may have to get thrown in front of an oncoming train. Your grandma may have to get punched in the face. Social justice means that other people suffer so that people like AOC can feel better about themselves. And that's why this has really struck a chord. People have just had enough. They're just sick of it. They're sick of it. And, you know, we're, we're going to see where the judicial system comes down on this issue. They have not brought any charges yet. Which means, you know, all this talk of, oh, he's a murderer. No one, there, there is no basis for calling him uh, a murderer. And a lot of people look at this and say, 
You know, we wish we had more individuals who would step up and stop the threats against their fellow human beings that are occurring in cities across the country on a regular basis. So, you know, this really does, this hits home for a lot of people. And we're all sick of the lies. We're all sick of the nonsense from the left on it. All right, now look, some people like to debate when the life of an unborn child starts. Is it conception or when the heart begins to form at conception or when? Or is it at three weeks uh, when the heart is already beating? When that child is five weeks old, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on an ultrasound. That's when the staff of Preborn's Network of Clinics steps in. They welcome pregnant women who are deciding on the life of their unborn children. By providing support, counseling, and ultrasound experiences for those pregnant mothers, they're able to rescue 200 babies every day from abortion. By providing a mother with a free ultrasound and allowing her to hear her child's heartbeat and see their perfectly formed body in the womb, that young mother chooses life most of the time. For just $28, the cost of an ultrasound, you could be the difference between the life or death of a baby. All gifts are tax-deductible, and 100% of your gift goes towards saving babies. To donate, just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby, or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back in. Final hour of the week. 14 hours up. This is the 15th hour. We appreciate many of you who have spent all 15 hours with us so far this week as we've been tracking the biggest stories in the country and around the world. Uh, We're joined now by Julie Kelly uh, to break down the latest on the Proud Boys trial, where that stands, what's going on with the January 6th defendants, and how it all ties in with Donald Trump. So, uh, Julie, what can you tell us about the convictions that occurred this week of the Proud Boys for seditious conspiracy and how you believe that ties in with what the Department of Justice is going to try to do as it relates to Donald Trump? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. So yesterday, after a four-month trial, about five or so days of uh, deliberations, a jury in Washington, D.C. came back with four convictions of four members of the Proud Boys. Five were on trial. Four members convicted of seditious conspiracy uh, and other conspiracy counts, including obstruction of an official proceeding. One defendant, Dominic Pizzola, uh, was found not guilty of two of the conspiracies, including seditious conspiracy. This brings the total number of January 6th defendants, both convicted or having accepted plea deals, uh, 14 January 6ers, American citizens, Trump supporters convicted now of a post-Civil War statute. Uh, no Americans ever been convicted of it until the January 6th criminal prosecution. Now we have 14 um, uh, Trump supporters who have now been convicted of this count that is synonymous to treason. The reason why it is uh, poses such a grave legal threat to Donald Trump is this now bolsters special uh, prosecutor Jack Smith's attempts, if he pursues them, to get a grand jury indictment against Trump for the same charge of seditious conspiracy. You might recall that the January 6th Select Committee, they didn't send a criminal referral on seditious conspiracy, but they suggested in their report that DOJ should consider uh, that charge against Trump and specifically mentioned convictions uh, in the Oath Keepers case and the pending trial of the Proud Boys. So that's where uh, I suspect this is headed. Julie, it's Buck. We really appreciate you being with us as always. Um, Can you just tell us, because I was able to see uh, some fragments here and there about the specifics of what these individuals, you've told us what the charges are and and the, the, the jury findings on them. What is it that they supposedly did? And, and in one case, my understanding, and if this is incorrect, I know you'll you'll update us, and that's why I like being able to ask you this stuff, is that somebody wasn't even in D.C. at all, one of these individuals, on January 6th? Like, what, what, what is it that they supposedly did and were now convicted of? What they did, Clay and Buck, is have a lot of text messages in encrypted group, group chats, which, by the way, included an unknown number of FBI informants. We know there were at least eight. That's what the government stipulated in this case. I suspect that there were dozens. Um, but all of the evidence basically was chats on Parler and chats in group in group group chats, posts in group chats that talked about stopping the steal, 
um, attending the rallies in November and December, uh, planning to go to January 6th, talking about 1776, talking about a possible war, that Joe Biden was not legitimately elected, et cetera, et cetera. That was the evidence. How do you overthrow the government, which is the essence of seditious conspiracy, when you bring no weapons to well, the yeah, and is it is it correct, based on the, yeah. the court documents, this is a matter of record, that the, that the prosecution didn't even allege that these individuals on the seditious conspiracy charge had come up with a plan for the conspiracy and the sedition? Am I missing something? No, you're not. You're exactly right. And to get back to your first question, Enrique Tario, the group's leader, was in Baltimore on January 6th. He had been arrested on January 4th for an altercation back in December. He was arrested, ordered to leave Washington, which he did. But he's still convicted of seditious uh, conspiracy. So um, what exactly was this case about? It was about these texts. It was about... um, People who didn't really know each other meeting up on January 6th, marching from the Washington Monument to the Capitol. They stopped at food trucks on their way there. Uh, Yes, they didn't have weapons. They didn't assault any police officers. Uh, They were accused of knocking over a fence, you know, a metal fence. One of them smashed in a window with a riot shield. That is the totality of of the case. Um, And so... But this is the slippery slope, and as you, we've all talked about, the obstruction of an official proceeding felony. This is the bastardization, weaponization of laws that have nothing to do with political protest. But this is how they're wielding them, weaponizing them to criminalize political dissent, and they're doing it very successfully. You said 110% chance uh, that you believe the Department of Justice was going to charge Trump. You also put out a tweet saying that you laid out basically probably the argument that Department of Justice is going to use now that they have these seditious conspiracy convictions that Trump is basically the person that put this all in motion with a tweet that he sent on December 19th about the events on January 6th. Are you even more? You said 110%. How much more convinced are you now based on these convictions that charges against Trump are coming and what do you think they'll look like? So I'm still over 100% confident <laughs> that they are going to indict him. I would say there's probably a 70% chance that they'll go for seditious conspiracy um, indictment against him. But to your point, the tweet that Donald Trump posted on December 19th, come to the rally on January 6th, will be wild. The government said that that date was when this alleged conspiracy began. And they cited Donald Trump's tweet as sort of evidence that this group was then starting to conspire to commit sedition. But going back even further, the very first clip that the assistant U.S. attorney played during closing arguments last week, I was went to D.C. to watch closing arguments. The very first video clip he played to the jury was not of the Proud Boys committing violence or trying to overthrow Congress. It was Donald Trump's comment in the September 2020 presidential debate yep. when he was goaded by Joe Biden and Chris Wallace to condemn white supremacist militia groups. And he asked for a name. And Joe Biden is the one who said the Proud Boys. So Trump said, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. That clip was played. It was also mentioned in the official press release that came out today by the Department of Justice that that comment spurred on the Proud Boys uh, led to a big surge in their membership. And that's how they came to try to overthrow the government on January 6th. DOJ put that in their press release today. None of this is by accident. It is warning shots to not just Trump, but people around him, possibly John Eastman and others, um, for allegedly conspiring. And look, the, the language, and I posted this on Twitter today, too, if people want to look, the jury instructions are were extremely vague. It's not just that you're trying to overthrow the government by force. It is prevent, delay, or hinder execution of a government law. Now, think of how this could apply to past and certainly future political protests. So if and not even force, it's the force part of it was never proven and doesn't have to be proven, according to the jury instructions. So if you yell at a police officer 
in service of a political protest, that's by force trying to commit seditious conspiracy. If you delay a congressional hearing, say, or a confirmation hearing, anything that we've seen, especially in the past five or six years by the left, this would apply. Um, so this is really the very discouraging way that uh, these judges, quite frankly, are letting the Department of Justice bastardize uh, laws that have nothing to do with what happened on January 6th, but nonetheless are uh, being used to criminalize uh, political dissent and punish Trump supporters for protesting his election that day. Julie, you're certainly looking very prescient with your um, six months ago telling us you think they're going to bring, they've already brought, as we know, a criminal charge against Donald Trump. That Rubicon has been crossed, but the federal criminal charge up to and including possibly a seditious conspiracy charge against the likely next Republican nominee. Um, what do you think their timeline is for this? And also, do you believe that they want to and and would, if they can, lock Donald Trump up? I mean, these Proud Boys are facing 20 years in prison, from what I understand. Not only are they facing up to 20 years in prison, possibly more, they've already been in prison since the spring, really winter of 2021. This was even before they were charged with seditious conspiracy. When they were ch just charged with obstruction and regular conspiracy, Judge Tim Kelly denied their bail. They were in jail almost two years as innocent men before they had a chance to go to trial. So there's precedent for both obstruction and seditious conspiracy for the government to come in, ask for pretrial detention, meaning deny bail for Donald Trump or anyone else charged with these crimes. Um, and these judges, Trump, Biden, uh, Trump, Obama, Clinton, all the way down to Reagan appointed judges have signed off on pretrial detention orders, even for nonviolent offenders with basically what would be a sort of a process crime. This is a very dangerous. T I wish I was not exaggerating, but you guys know because you've so I'm so grateful for covering my work. I've covered this for more than two years. And what's happening in that D.C. courthouse is getting worse than when I first started covering it. It is a Marxist banana republic style, whether it's a Republican judge, Democrat one, where these prosecutors come from, it doesn't matter. They are all in cahoots to punish Trump supporters and get, you know, the brass ring, which will be Donald Trump. When do you think the time frame, Julie, would be on an indictment? Um, you know, Jack Smith is, uh, he... He had Mike Pence last week testify before the grand jury for January 6th. I think he's getting close to the end. I think that this will kind of wrap up sort of the loose ends that he needs. So uh, it could be June. I doubt that it would be as quickly as May. Could be June, could be July. Um, but if anyone who thinks that this Department of Justice or Jack Smith is going to abide by longstanding, you know, longstanding traditions, of, you know, not pursuing political prosecutions in election years or et cetera. None of that matters. The rule of law doesn't matter. The Constitution doesn't matter. Decency does not matter to these people. They are vengeful, reckless, and they have bloodlust in them. That I, It, it shocks me every day to see it. Um, and so if I, I pray that I'm wrong, uh, but I don't think that I am. Julie, you have killed it. Continue to do so covering all of these cases. We will have you on again soon. Go follow Julie Kelly on Twitter. Um, and thank you for your time. Thanks for always having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. That is Julie Kelly. Uh, I want to tell you, while many of us have car insurance, home insurance, life insurance, we haven't thought about what happens if you suddenly don't have your food and you can't go out to the grocery store and get it. What would you do if you didn't have access to the grocery store for a substantial period of time? One thing you should do, and this is what I've done, how about a little bit of food insurance? You can get hooked up right now with My Patriot Supply as your uh, supplier. They're the nation's largest preparedness company. Right now, they have a special deal. Three-month emergency food kit lasts up to 25 years. The kit includes breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks, snacks. With each kit you order, you'll receive a bonus package of crucial survival gear worth over $200, and that is absolutely free. An amazing deal. 
Three-month emergency food kit guarantees your family will have peace of mind during a disaster. Survival gear will help you be even more prepared. All the things you wish you had in a pinch. To get your emergency food and your free survival gear worth over $200, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. One more time, do it today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton making sense in an insane world. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Since 9-11, the Tunnel of the Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. He sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, and he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave Major Turnbull a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the Foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes our nation's severely injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. So Clay often talks to me about how he likes stories about the British royal family. I, I, I didn't. I, I, I didn't know where. The, I didn't know when you hear the rest wait, of this story. I knew what wait, Buck was going to talk about. He's, excuse me, this is my setup, sir. Sorry, this is my I, I was like, oh no, what is so, going on here? So I will say, generally, I find them boring. Uh, British royal family stories boring. This one, though, I have to admit, I think this is definitely one that folks are going to click on. There was, as tomorrow they're going to swear in uh, Prince Charles is going to become King Charles III. It's very exciting in the United Kingdom. But some prankster has, at the coronation site, which looks very regal, has mowed into the grass a giant penis. <laughs> An absolutely enormous phallus. Okay, now, Clay, what, what I want to know is just think about the initial 
Um, the initial meetings that they must have had at, you know, Buckingham Palace or whatever. Like, excuse me, sir, what are we going to do? It seems someone has mowed a giant penis into the lawn. <laughs> like, and also, what do they do with the giant penis in the lawn? Because if they cover it with a tarp, it's kind of like, hey, there's a, there's a, you know, a man zone here that you can't go near. Um, what do you think the proper, the proper outcome is for this one? First of all, I don't know how you were able. I mean, this is one of the all time greatest pranks to be able at the coronation site where they are going to celebrate King Charles. If you haven't seen this aerial photo, there is a gigantic penis that has been mowed into the lawn now that you cannot, uh, cannot miss, which is why when Buck said, Clay often talks to me about, I was like, <laughs> well, look, the gigantic saying. penises. I was like, Oh no, this is going to be a hell of a different segment than I expected. So I think, um, you have to, if, if I were in charge of public relations at the palace right now, I think first of all, you have to cover it up, right? And you cut, here's my suggestion. You cover it up with a gigantic grouping bouquet of some sort of flowers. I was going to say, you flowers. turn it into like a, you know, you could turn it into like a coconut tree or something. So, you know, you make it a little tropical. So, turn it into, I think you cover it all up with flowers and claim that this was always a part of the design, the flowers that have to cover up the gigantic penis. <laughs> I all, I mean, this is, this is a brilliant, this is a brilliant form of protest against the monarchy, I have to say. I'm a big I, fan. I wonder too, this has to be a gold mine for the British tabloids, right? Because we have a story up about this on Outkick right now and everybody is clicking. Like they're like, how in the world does this happen? How does this prank arise? And who managed to pull this off? It is so funny and so outstanding. And I bet that our good buddy, uh, Who's our good buddy, Justin Trudeau? Yeah. This is sneaky misogyny in, in Justin Trudeau. We're going to have to play you a sneaky misogyny clip here in a little while. I will be watching some of this coronation thing. Now, I think Saturday my my 12-year-old has got a ton of Little League baseball games, so I think I'll mostly be at the uh, at the ballpark. But this is, this is such an incredible prank, one of the all-time great pranks, and... I don't know how you played off. Charles doesn't seem like he has a great sense of humor. No, he does not. Yes, I think that's if, fair if, to say. If he were a funny guy, there's a lot of places he could go with this. You know, like he should come out of the coronation and be like, "Turns out the penis is mightier than the sword." <laughs> you know, he could he could say a lot of things, but no, he's not going to have fun with this one. And I, I don't think Doctor Jill Biden is going to do a great job of addressing it here. The, the, the coronation. Were you surprised? I know that Dwight Eisenhower didn't go to the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. Were you a little bit surprised that Biden himself is not going to be at this thing? Because he's uh, sending his wife, which to me is just further evidence of the fact that they can't travel that much with him. He was just in Ireland, which feels a bit like a thumb in the eye to the British that you would travel for a state visit to Ireland. A state visit, remember, that Biden couldn't remember a week later. We played you that audio when the kids were peppering him with questions and he couldn't remember the last time he was out of the country. But it does feel a bit odd to me that Biden and I think one of his granddaughters, uh, Jill Biden and one of the, the Biden granddaughters, not the illegitimate one in Arkansas uh, who they deny having, but I believe one of the ones that they consider to be a legitimate granddaughter. Uh, the only thing that would be funnier is if they sent Hunter, um, which would actually be really funny as the representative for the uh for the family, especially given the gigantic penis controversy that is currently uh, unspooling. See, I, I, see I think one one problem that the royal family has is that humor isn't really like they're none of them are funny. Humor is not really allowed. Yeah, and that's one of the issues that the monarchy runs into. They're yeah. just not. They're, there's no. They're, you're not allowed to be self-deprecating. Really, you're not allowed to look at something like this and say anything clever or amusing but it is a reminder to a lot of people like what what is this exactly tomorrow there's this the coronation of a king it's 2023 and can they have a laugh about this or not you know i visited pompeii in uh, in as part of our trip to italy and it was funny because you see the gigantic penis on the lawn there you know the romans all of their graffiti a huge portion of it was just gigantic penises. So we really haven't changed that much. The graffiti from thousands of years ago, similar to the graffiti we get today. 
Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.